0: Welcome to the Camp Owners Podcast. Kelly and I are thrilled to have Bethany Wright join us to discuss how all of us as camp owners can make international staffing successful, from onboarding to in-summer support to year-round connections. We invite Bethany to add her tips and advice to make this a successful part of our staffing puzzle. Welcome to the Camp Owners Podcast.
1: A huge thanks to our sponsors who make the Camp Owners Podcast possible. Scheduling is the backbone of every camper's experience. But when there's a staffing change, it's almost impossible to fill that role with someone who knows all the nuances a schedule takes. Come check Camptivities out, specifically designed for camps by camp people. Find out more at camptivities.com. Camp Brain blends easy-to-use registration and management software with thoughtful customer service. They take pride in building long-lasting relationships through their incredible support and love they show to each client. Camp Brain is focused on your needs for summer 2023 and can scale to meet your future business goals. For more information, visit them at campbrain.com slash
2: Welcome to the Camp Owners Podcast, a space for camp owners to talk about the unique aspects of camp ownership and get inspired by each other. We are going to sit down with camp industry experts, leaders, and fellow camp owners to hear how the camp dream transpired for them, learn from each other, and discuss some of the biggest issues in the camp private camp industry. Hello, I'm Kelly Shuna. I co-own and run a Hidden Pines Ranch Day Camp in Stillwater, Minnesota.
0: Hi, everyone. I'm Howie Grossinger. I co-own and direct Camp Robin Hood at Day Camp in the suburbs of Toronto. And I'm also the co-owner of Camp Walden, an overnight camp three hours north of Toronto. Welcome, everybody. If you're looking to find and subscribe to the Camp Owners Podcast, you can either find us online at gocamp.proownerspod or by searching for us on your favorite podcast app. Finally, if you're listening to this and think it would be useful to other camp owners or aspiring camp owners in your circle, please feel free to send them a note to listen. Hello, Kelly. It's We're back. Really excited to be back for another episode here in Season 4. And uh, before we get started and introduce our guest, um, the show... Wouldn't be possible without the support of our friends at the GoCamp Pro Network, but also our sponsors. And the first sponsor we're grateful to have is Camptivities. Uh, Good friends of the show. Um, Imagine you're quickly searching Google for a camp activity scheduler and you came across Camptivities. It's actually an activity scheduler for camps created by our camp friends. As you click the link, you're already thinking, hey man this would never work for my camp but you explore and you discover you can do group scheduling camper scheduling batch scheduling multiple cabins at a time you can place staff into their assignments into the software it is incredible as a uh, veteran camptivities user i know our team loves it and every year with the support of our friend Ryan Rosen in California. His team gives us the latest updates and the latest tweaks to making using Camptivities better. Think about your organizational continuity. Stop relying on just one person to make your summer schedules. I know our friends at Camptivities would love to show you the next big thing in camp. Don't wait, start the onboarding process now. Visit Camptivities.com to set up a chat. Let Camptivities help you get away from your desk and back out into camp here we go kelly we here are we ready go. for another show
2: here we go speaking of camp i just got to see ryan rosen at the wake conference so camp himself which was fun to see and chat with him so yeah we always wish him the best he's a great great camp professional so
0: absolutely absolutely um,
2: Well, Howie, I'm excited to talk about our topic today because if you, like I have been with camp professionals at conferences, um, all the chatter is about staffing, 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 staffing. And there's so many facets of staffing that we can explore. Um, But today we're going to talk about the role of international staffing and how that's playing into the camp landscape, how to make it successful and the things that camp owners should be thinking about um, to either start pursuing this avenue if you are not or fine-tuning and improving what you're already doing. We're happy to have Bethany Wright, a longtime senior camp leader um, at Robin Hood, Is Robin Hood or Walden?
3: It's at, at, camp, at Walden. camp Walden.
2: Thank you. Okay, see, I'm learning too. This is great. Um, Well, I'm sure you'll be a resource though to Howie um, with Robin Hood as well. So you are with Walden, which is awesome. Um, And she's someone who can make it um, or is making a part of her mission to encourage international staff to embrace summer camp as an international staff person in the past herself. Um, And also give them inside information about how to make it successful. And now we're looking to take some of that knowledge and give it to camp professionals. So thank you, Bethany, for being here today. Thank you so
3: much for having me. It's such a pleasure. Oh, It's great to connect with you all.
2: So tell us a little bit more about your camp story, coming over, where
3: you worked, all those kind of great things to what transpired to bring you here today. So I began my summer camp journey all the way back in the, I guess, the winter of 2012, going into the 2013 season. I applied through a summer camp agency and got placed at a summer camp in Pennsylvania. It was a specialized camp and i it was my first job ever. So I am a university student. I fly halfway across the world to work at this phenomenon called summer camp, and I was so excited. This camp was amazing, weekly turnover, specialized in gymnastics and the camp had a staff of 125 people, but 80, 85% of them were international, just like me. So it was a great experience. We had so much fun and I absolutely loved it. And I caught the bug instantly. And I was like, oh, I really want to do this experience again. But me getting itchy feet, I was young. I was like, I want to explore more of the world. So I just Googled where else do they do summer camps? and Canada popped up. So uh, again, the following year, I applied through a summer camp agency and got placed at Walden. And the stark difference for me was when I arrived at Walden was majority of the staff were from Walden's community. They're graduating campers, they're returning staff members. And this was a totally different experience for me coming from a previous summer camp that everybody was international almost. Um, And now I'm like a minority here. I need to learn what this camp is all about. It just added another layer of culture shock to me. Um, And it was something I never experienced before. And it took a while. It wasn't just a click of the switch, but it took the whole summer to learn what this camp community is like and what the job is and the culture of overnight camp and it I mean I must have done something right I must have learned really well because I mean almost 10 years later I am still at Walden and I have gone from a theater staff to a head staff to a unit head position all the way up to our leadership team here at Camp Walden and I have even outside of camp I have I'm truly passionate about summer camps. I am. And I am wanting to cultivate a culture on social media. Um, And I created a brand called Brit in the Six. And that is where I have a social media. I have a blog, new podcast actually also, um, to help brand new international staff understand what summer camp is like. Because it's all well and good, the camp agencies getting you placed and trying to help. But they work with so many different camps that it's really hard to pinpoint what each individual camp is like. And so I'm just there to like help. Oh, why didn't someone tell me that? Or, oh, I wish somebody had explained that before I arrived or that type of thing. And that's what my social media is all about. And I just love connecting with people and helping people out. So 10 years later, that's where I am
0: wonderful. Well, I will definitely have to do another plug later on for uh, Bethany's uh, Instagram uh, account because it is really full of so many great um tips and insights and just really embraces um all the benefits of being an international staff member and and, and what people are, you know, very much, you know, going to experience. So I, you know, I, I get the pleasure of, uh, being able to work with, uh, Bethany year in and year out for the last 10 years. And it has been really, um, an awesome element of our camp community, as I know for so many camp owners. And I know that there are many day camps that, uh, employ international staff and have the capacity to how to do housing, et cetera. Obviously, for the overnight camps out there, it's, it's, it's very much more straightforward in that regard. Having said that, you know, um the, the flavor of the international scene with having staff from around the world join your camp communities goes without saying of uh, the potential it does. You know, I don't meet a a parent of a of a camper over the course of the offseason who doesn't often say, you know, having that staff member from Scotland or from Ireland or from Australia, just my my child would never have met someone had they not gone to summer camp and had that experience with them. Having said all that, um, there's work to be done for camp owners, right? And Bethany being on yes. the show right now, it's our hope for Kelly and myself to you know, have Bethany impart some wisdom. And for those of us uh, listening in who don't have the first, the very first thought of where to start or how to do this, Um, our hope over the course, the next little bit of our conversation is for Bethany to give some insight. So, you know, I I think Kelly and I, as as we're thinking about the start of this podcast is like, okay, let's talk international staffing 101. You know, Bethany, like, Mm -hmm. you know, whether you're a a camp owner in Canada or the United States, how do you go about this? Can you do this directly? Can't No, do you have to go through an agency? What are some of the basic items of understanding that a camp owner has to have to kind of really, you know, look outwards to this source of staffing?
3: For sure. So I would definitely suggest going through a summer camp agency just for the pure fact of you're already running your own camp you don't need the hassle and the stress of applying for visas and making sure the paperwork is correct like that is what a summer camp agency is like you they have the knowledge of visas and making sure paperwork is correct but they also have the knowledge and the brand awareness of people going on google and going hey i want to work at summer camp and the summer camp agency of your choice comes up. So it really is like cutting out a lot of work for yourself by going through a summer camp agency. Um, I've been, every time I've been placed at a camp, I've gone through a summer camp agency myself because I felt trusted that they knew what they were doing. Um, And I felt trusted that they knew that the camp that I would eventually be placed at is a great one and it would be a great fit for me. So definitely I would find a summer camp agency that works best for your camp. And again, if you are only looking for a certain number of, say, activity counselors, say I need someone for a canoe, climbing wall, whatever your list is that you can't staff here in your respective countries, that is where an agency truly flourishes. Because me, as an international staff member, the first thing I have to do when I apply is write down all of my skills, all of my hobbies, and explain myself. And they take out the key information of, oh, you enjoy dancing? That is phenomenal. How long have you danced for? Since you were three years old? Oh my goodness. You must be that's amazing. I'm looking, there's a camp actually that's looking for dancers and looking for dance instructors. Let's bridge the gap. And that's how you get introduced. Um, so that in my eyes is the best way to go less hassle for you, but also I would say a good way to get camp owners to get started is make sure all of your content, your website, your socials is up to date. We live in such a technologically like generation in that everybody can find anything at their fingertips in an instant. So a potential staff member might say, oh, you're gonna have an interview with Camp," And you're like, okay, uh, let me just Google them for a second. Let me see what they're like. And you need to make sure, because that's the first impression your potential employee is gonna have. Is your information correct? Do you have a good presence? Nowadays, a lot of 18 to 25-year-olds won't trust a company's like authenticity if you have a poor online presence. And that's awful because you might be amazing. You might be the best camper that specializes in horse riding. But if your social media presence and your website isn't up to scratch. Unfortunately, you might get an amazing staff member that goes, actually, I don't think it's for me, just based on your website. And that's that's awful. That's like, that's just 101, right? It also, um,
0: it also, it also brings to mind, Bethany and Kelly, we've talked about this, how we as camp owners are having to give as much time and effort and potentially financial resourcing. To marketing to staff recruitment that we mm-hmm. do to camper recruitment, I think we've we're currently in a phase. Bethany, as you know, and and Kelly, of course, and I've talked a lot about you know camper recruitment in terms of the marketing dollars we put. Many of the private camp owners are flourishing now. The pandemic, we're we've jumped out of it thankfully, and camps are are across the board. I would say doing very well we're now having to find the staff to fill those spots. So investing in good marketing and graphics and updating website, that investment will pay off because of that impression that you talked about. I know Kelly and I have talked about marketing for staff being a really big component of, you know, planning for the 2023 summer, for sure. Um, in In speaking, Bethany, it, it makes me think also, Right. In terms of fees, you know, staff owners have to budget a staff line, not only on salaries, but these agencies, you pay a fee to these agencies, of course, to to work on your behalf. So as owners look at how much I'm going to spend on international staffing, the actual salary component is just one for every, you you know, for every 10 staff you get internationally through an agency depending on their rates for obtaining in the service they provide, you know, just wanting to be clear that there is an investment in the agency to do all this work on your behalf, for sure. And I guess, I I guess it would vary from agency to agency, et cetera. So, so, and I guess in Canada, I mean, I'm sure there are more agencies that provide this service in the States than in Canada or they cross border readily. Is that, is that true?
3: Um, so it is, it's very much one, like, especially the ones I've personally worked with in Canada has just been Camp Canada. Um, Jonathan Nyquist and his team are phenomenal and they've personally helped me out in a few scrapes when I've been at the border. So they've been phenomenal then. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, but in the States, because, um, of the visa process in the States and the culture exchange has been around since the 60s it is there is more establishment in the states you i personally went through camp counselors usa um but there's also you know others there also like camp america and it is emerging there are so many especially since the pandemic there are a lot of agencies that have come about that have sprung up that add a little bit of a more personal touch because in this day and age, a lot of people need a lot more handholding and have never actually maybe gone on a plane before or left their country before. Um, So that's where these newer agencies are popping up to give more of a one-on-one experience rather than a come with us. We work with hundreds of camps type. It's a different approach, which leads me to like summer camps. Also, like if you go with a summer camp agency a lot of these agencies have jobs fairs across the world that is a really good way for you as your camp if you don't particularly if you're like oh I really like to meet my staff in person amazing like the summer camp agencies set up job fairs in like in the UK in Ireland um, in Mexico in Australia like there's different places around the world. And if you can swing it, if it's in your budget, um, definitely I would say make an effort to go and put your camp out there. Again, those graphics, those marketing, like I got my first ever summer camp job because I went to a jobs fair and I met the camp owner and camp director and I just got chatting with them. And that's how I got my job because they were like, oh, like you're really interested in dance. That's really, really great you have a passion for it. We want that passion for, from our staff too. You'd be a great fit at our camp. And that's how I got offered the job. And that's really great. It's a different side to getting away from the screen. Um, so if you have the budget, that's really great that you can utilize through a camp agency as well.
2: How how well are the agencies for staffing utilizing your Instagram and your knowledge? Are they in your podcast? I just think that's amazing that if they decide that they want to come and work at a camp to have some of that pre knowledge and, and as someone who's already done it. So do you have a good relation? Not do you have a good? I'm sure you have a good relationship, but are they utilizing you as a resource in those ways of referring to your resources?
3: Oh, a hundred percent! Like on social media. Um, I have a great connection with some of the agencies, especially the two CCUSA and Camp Canada that I personally went through myself. We have a really great relationship. Like the power of social media now of, it's just a click of a button. You can share that content. You can tag that person. Um, So that is really, really great. And it gets it out to to people. And I think that's the best part about social media is that it's just one click away from Extending your community. Um, And that is truly, truly great. And a lot of my followers are from those um, camp agencies that reposted or retweeted or shared my blog um, and things like that. And that's how they found me. And they're like, oh my goodness, I'm so glad I found you because I was so scared to ask this minute question. I don't want to worry. I don't want to cause stress on the camp agency. They have so much to do. But I'm stressing out about laundry. Like, how do I wash my clothes at camp? Like, silly, like small things. No, it's it's. <laughs> it's... Mm-hmm. But this That's is great. what, yeah, this is what goes through an international staff member's brain. Right? They they're hired for the job, but then as an international staff member, you're like the logistics of living at camp. Mm-hmm. It's not the job that you think about. You're like, I'm going to work there. It's amazing. But it's the logistics of actually living in a different country that is where a lot of the questions are about of an international staff member. So let's talk about that then. So
2: Hmm. they've seen your website. They've seen your social media. They're like, wow, I can't wait to work at Walden. It looks like the best camp ever. Or Robin Hood is now doing international staff. And so they have you as a resource for some of that knowledge and those questions, but what should camp owners know about the onboarding process? So before staff training starts, once they've committed and they want to come to your camp, what information or suggestions would you pass on um, for us about onboarding international staff? So my
3: top tip would be don't bombard them with so much information. Like it's really, I know that it's the best intention to like, come to all the staff meetings, come to this, come to that. But especially in a private camp community, because your ratio of returning, like graduating CITs or returning staff members is so high, it can get overwhelming because of the lingo or we're changing this this year from last year where a brand new international staff member doesn't have a clue what happened last year. They don't know what happened. So like, it's really hard to follow a conversation if you don't understand the culture. So I think what you should do is like, maybe have a little side thing that you can have. All the international staff that you have hired, just like bring them all together, be it a virtual meetup, a social media group, however you want to do it your way and be like, hi, you're all like in the same boat. You're all a brand new, you all are coming internationally. You're all flying in. We just wanted to get you together and say, hi, we're so happy that you've decided to come and work with us. Um, and just introduce yourself and get them to introduce themselves. So they feel a little bit more comfortable. And so they don't feel as if they, are like i'm doing this alone. Oh my goodness, because it is a big deal, right? It's a big deal. They are putting their life in a suitcase. They are traveling across the globe to sometimes a rural spot in in Ontario where there's no cell phone reception and you're like why did i come here? Like that is you need to make sure that they feel comfortable with each other. I think, before bringing them into the fold of camp culture. Um, So I think that is a great way. Another great thing, I think, is like if you have like returning international staff members, bring them along like they're your biggest asset. Like you could even do like a big buddy, little buddy-esque type program where it's like, hi, I was in your shoes once before. Like, I totally understand everything you're feeling right now. Um, Ask me a question. Don't go, because it might be scary for them. Like you're the employer. Like it's scary um, to think, oh, I'm going to ask the employer, like, is it okay if I wear a two-piece bathing suit? Like that is scary. Like, whereas somebody who is a returning staff member that maybe potentially you're working alongside next summer, asking them, oh, is it okay if I wear like a bikini down to the lake? And they're like, of course, wear whatever you feel comfortable with. Or, oh, actually we have this type of uniform. Um, yeah, you can wear a toothpiece, but make sure like you've got a rash guard over the top, whatever the camp is. Like, it's a lot easier to speak peer-to-peer. And I think your golden asset are those returning international staff members, if you have them.
0: I also think that, you know, this, this, these tips, these, this insight that Bethany is providing. I mean, I think we as camp owners do this in so many other areas. We do it with Mm -hmm. new campers, new families, you know, it's just looking at it through the lens of the international staff. So I often feel, Kelly, like with a lot of things that we do, we don't have to reinvent anything if we're embarking on this new project called international staffing, or we want to bump it up by 30% out of necessity because our local our local staff talent isn't as readily available as it used to be. Um, I think a lot of the systems that so many really high-quality camps that already have in place about onboarding new campers, new staff, new families, regardless, I think it's just shifting the topic. Okay, it's on the it's now international staff. There may be a language issue there, you know, in some cases or you know, depending on, you know, the approach to language at camp, whether it's bilingual or predominantly English, but culturally, you know, I think we have to give a lot of um, consideration to setting our staff internationally up for the most success possible, just the way we do anything else. I think for me and hearing Bethany say all these things and and just knowing, you know, you and I, Kelly, is like, you just don't want any surprises, right? You know, you don't want that landing in a new country and that onboarding process that happened all of a sudden, well, they totally did not tell me about this, right? And and you're going to miss some stuff sometimes, and that's natural. But, you know, you got to really give the attention to say, what are the big ticket items that we just... Got to set up right for these friends that are now coming over from all over the world. So I, I think that's great. So as we move on, we, we you know some really good tips about onboarding, and and I think that in some cases, Beth, you can you can sort of clarify for me. But often international staff through the agencies they work with will have some mini onboarding and other things through the agency to get them set up for some of the technical stuff right whether it's yeah. a, a social insurance number in Canada or payroll numbers in the states and all that stuff so the administration of their 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 um their work experience can be taken care of those types of things often lay in the hands of the agency you're paying for them and often often to take care of that for you is that right
3: that is true like a lot of the agencies do deal with the logistics of physically being employed so that entails especially in the us the visa that they do is a j1 visa um, and there are many requirements that a camp has to fulfill to be able to for the government to sign off and say yes they can have this visa and this will include they the summer camp agencies will have to do a pre-camp orientation before they even get on a flight um, and that's basically giving an intro into the culture of America and like tipping. And this is what the taxes are like. And this is what we do. Like we don't drink in the street and like just things that like are different from our home country. Darn it. Um, they, don't, they, like, don't,
0: they don't do that in Minnesota, Kelly, drinking in the street. No, <laughs> maybe. Who knows? I
2: don't know.
3: <laughs> but like the little things that um, 18, 19, 20 year old person that's never been to the states wouldn't know. Um and the same goes for if you're going to a summer camp in Canada, that is also there are some training there about culture and things like that. And when they actually when you fly in to your country with a camp agency, there is usually an orientation before you arrive at camp. So you fly in, you have a night in a hostel so you're already in a in that co living state of mind. Um, and that first day in this new country that you're now going to be working in is literally logistics. It's like opening up a bank account, it's getting a insurance number, or making sure that you have a social security card, um, making sure that everything is legal and everything is good. Um, and Sometimes you might do that with people that are also going to your camp, but sometimes you might not. You might be with people who are going to other summer camps. So they're they're meeting new people all the time, but it's like this whirlwind that they're doing before they even arrive at your camp. So there's a lot going on. They've they might be jet lagged, they've just arrived, they're in a new country they might not feel comfortable in their hostel room because they might be sharing it with upwards of 16 people. Like that was my first experience in a hostel of a shared 16-bed dorm, terrifying in New York City, wild. Um, And like like, things like, wait, did I lock up my luggage in a locker? Wait, no, I need to go back and check. Or like, did I, um, am I tipping the right amount? Like these are all things that are going through an international's brain in a new country before they even arrive at your camp right
0: right right, right. yeah so, that's really good I'm, I'm glad we we jumped into that a little bit so I think for Kelly and I um Kelly and I um are are very much simpatico on like just on staff training right you know a lot of effort put into staff training we're constantly rethinking Always have to put an Adam Grant uh, reference into every podcast, but but we're rethinking the way we do things. And I would say that once these communities come together for staff training, your homegrown staff and your international staff, and now we're at camp and it's orientation week, staff training week, pre-camp week, whatever you call it, you know, I, I we really, Kelly and I wanted to... Jump into some insight onto some things you've learned over the years that can help, you know, merge people of varying backgrounds or experiences within a camp to make the actual meeting of these people successful. So, what's a starting point for you that you'd want a camp owner to think about for the actual coming together at staff training?
3: I would say a top thing, I would say, bearing in mind everything I've just said about them landing in the country is if you can let these brand new international staff arrive earlier than the rest of your general staff to the property they have no idea where they're setting foot like let them learn like the geography of camp let them learn where they're going to be living um let them connect with home to say hi i've arrived it's safe life's great um everything like that, because staff training is a lot of information in a week, in a day, in a weekend, however long your staff training is. It's a lot of information. So to learn that as well as learning where you're going and where you're living is a lot and it's overwhelming. And I think international staff members may crumble. I can tell from My personal experience when I first arrived at Walden, I came up on the bus with the general staff. It was loud. They were having the best time because they haven't seen each other and they're screaming and there's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, you love it, you love it. And that's three hours of driving up to camp of that. And then you get off the bus and then that's maximized even more because there's people there that are like, oh my God, oh my God, yeah, I love that. And I had no idea who anybody was. And that was overwhelming. And then you get off the bus, somebody's there with a list and going, you're in cabin Virgo. And you're like, what is Virgo? What is that cabin? And somebody goes, oh, so-and-so over there. Can you take, what's your name again? Can you take Bethany over to the other side of camp where she's going to live? And it's like, what is happening? Like, let's bring it all down. Let's calm it down. If you, if I arrived a day earlier I would have been on a bus with everybody who was in the same boat as me. So it wouldn't have been that excitement of I'm going to summer camp, which is an amazing electric experience. And we all know and love that now. But in that moment, I was like, what is happening? And we're just getting to know each other. There's people the same age. We're getting to know each other. And then we get off a bus and it's this beautiful scenery. And it's this beautiful environment that I'm now going to be living in for a month, two months, three months, wherever you're going to be living. Um, And I think that is something that it's a little detail. It is a little detail, but it can go such a long way to making that group of international staff members like, okay, I can do this job. I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to learn about this culture. I'm ready to understand what, what I've got myself into. Um, and then when the general staff arrive, they're already at a level of, okay, it's getting exciting. Okay. I'm ready for the week. And that excitement and that buzz that come off the buses that come in the cars that are here for the week, they're going to mesh a lot better because that person is comfortable and calm and not overwhelmed. Um, and I think it's, they're not playing catch up and that's great. So if you have the opportunity do that. Another thing I would suggest is all of these international staff members are coming to a different country for a cultural experience. They're coming here to work with Americans, Canadians. They're coming to work with people from all over the world. That's how it's been marketed to them. So don't just put them all together. Spread them out around camp if you can. Like if it means that they're living with a Canadian, that's amazing. That's what they signed up for. If it means they're living with an American, amazing. That's what they signed up for. They're traveling across the world to be integrated into this thing called summer camp. So you as a camp owner, like, make sure that you're able to do that any way you can. And if staff placement and living arrangements is something you can help out with, let's do it. Let's mix them up. Let's put put them in a bag, shake it up, and like see where they see where they go type thing because they're ready for it. And maybe you might be protecting those graduating like campus or those returning staff members because you have a long-term connection with them, because you've seen them all through the years grow up. And that's great. But they might want to go on a cultural exchange when they're at university. And this is a great way for them to like start that process as well. And I think it'll go a long way further down the line uh, for your campus as well. That mix of ages, that mix of staff, those different ideas um, can really benefit the camper experience as well, as well as the staff experience.
2: Well, it sounds when I'm hearing you talk, it the word that keeps coming to mind is intentional and being like that intentionality as camp owners and directors where it's like that Brene Brown quote. And of course, I just had to Google it. So I want to make sure that I said it correctly. Um, But it's that quote about leaders can either invest a reasonable amount of time attending to fears and feelings or spend an unreasonable t- amount of time dealing with, you know, behaviors or things that are undesirable. So it sounds like to me, if we're really investing that time of being intentional before they come, like, what are you nervous about and building that relationship, especially if you have an agency, like give them the logistics, you've got the fears and feelings so that if you're intending to that and being so intentional with how they come, what arrivals like, that there will be so much less later. Um, to deal with, then if you're not being so mindful about what that experience is like for them,
3: yeah, hundred percent. And that, like that feeling and everything like that, like you said, it isn't just that first time they arrive. All the way through that staff training, check in with them. Like, but maybe not check in with them about the job. Maybe check in with them about themselves. Like, again, they're a long way from home. It might be the first time they've even left home. Like be that support system that you wish if your son, daughter, whoever, family member moves across the world, you would want them to have a person to put the arm around. So be that person mm-hmm. for them mm-hmm. as well. well. It's just
2: like with our staff, I mean, just like you said, Howie, of we should be asking ourselves how they are outside of camp, not just how's your job, how's the campers, how are the kids, like, how are you what's going on outside of camp that it just seems, again, it's just an an extra layer of intentionality of making a point to do that. So are there any other tips that you have for during the summer support of things that we can do for international staff once we've done training, once they're kind of in the groove um, to make it successful for them?
3: 100%. Like there's a few things. The first one I would say is that be again, that intentionality of think about when your time off is for your staff members. Like if your time off is just when the kids go to bed, for those international staff members, they might not be able to connect with home during that time. So you may have to be flexible with rest and relaxation, with R&R, with time off to making sure that your international staff members feel that they have the opportunity to come up for air, to call home, to have that connection outside the camp bubble. Um, And yes, I know they signed up to come across the world and the time is different. But if you know in advance that you have people from Australia coming over, um, from New Zealand or wherever in the world it may be, just be mindful in the fact that The time is different and that, you know, people need to talk to home maybe or like feel like they need to just rant to somebody at home um, during this job. And I think those little things, that attention to detail will really, really help. Um, Another thing with like outside the bubble, I would say, is if a major sporting event or in a major event event, is happening of, like, a home country whilst they're at camp, like, try and make it accessible for them. Like, I think to myself, like, if the Maple Leafs were playing in the Stanley Cup finals during staff training, you would move hella high, Walter, to make sure your staff can, can view the Leafs live, right? You would. You would make it into your schedule or whichever Beth, sports Beth, team.
0: Beth, if the Maple Leafs <laughs> make the Stanley Cup final, like, let's just, that's a really, yes, That that's triggering for me, but whatever, that's a good one. Yeah,
3: but you would move Hello high water and put it into your schedule or whichever team, yeah. insert whatever team, right? Yeah. So if England are playing in the World Cup and you have a big English contingency at your camp, don't be like, oh, well, because you, like, we don't care about it or be like, okay, let's make this accessible for this group of people. And they will see that. And they're like, oh my goodness, they really care about us. They, they truly care. Like they're actually like going out of their way. They don't have a clue why it means such a big deal to us, but they care and they're recording it and they're putting it on a screen and they're letting us watch it. And they're they're wanting to get to know our culture the same way as um, we're trying to get to know their camp culture. And that is amazing. So I think these little snippets of things of that culture exchange, because that's why we bring, not only because we need the staff, but that culture exchange is a primary of why we want to bring international staffs members into our community. Um, it's that growth of a community, right? Um, so the fact that we're going out of the way to make them feel special the same way as we would go out the way for our homegrown staff members to feel special really goes a long way, not in their eyes, but in the community eyes of like, oh, camp's doing that. That's amazing. Like, let's see what else, what other cultures we can like enjoy. And it doesn't have to be a sporting event. It could be, you may have a big like Mexican contingency in your camp community. And maybe you want to celebrate Mexico in a way. Get them involved. Bring them in. Pull them in. Be like, how can we, how can we show the camp community like a little bit, a little taste, a little bit of your culture? We want it to make you feel like home. Um and share it with us. And I think that's really, really great to get them involved that way in the camp community.
0: Yeah. And I I think it's also I think we have to have a dose of reality in all of this as well, in that Mm. um, we can't be so naive as owners, directors, leadership within a camp to think that all of these connections will happen naturally or by osmosis. I think like most things we do, you know, sort of, you know, piggybacking on Kelly's, you know, um, mentioning of intentionality is that We have to create, just like we do with all kinds of team building that we do, that camp for our staff, I believe, is a constant team building exercise. Team building doesn't end at the end of free camp before the kids come. It's a constant effort, whether it's mealtime assignments, whether it's your staff rec in the evening and being able to create programs where you, yes, dare I say it, manipulate groupings and things like that, because as, to use a phrase, as the adults in the room, we know that even that little ounce of planning can go a long way with forging better understanding, respect, appreciation uh, of not only cultures, but just even camp history, right? Because we know sometimes in our camp environments, we can become a little kind of, I know better than you because I've been here longer than you. And and yet we're all doing the same job. And I just think as camp operators, we have to really, and I would say, have teams of people within your team who are laser focused on this element of your camp experience. If you're going in the direction of international staff, I know I've seen it. It goes a long way, not without its growing pains, not without hiccups you know but think about days off and the stress of an international staff member wanting to organize a day off experience if you give them and if you have them going out of camp if they don't know where to go locally or how to get a ride or who they can access to do that with so anyhow i you know i, I i've worked with beth for a long time she's been you know instrumental in helping our culture get to where i think it is now but at the same time it's not without you know sometimes one step back, two steps forward in a lot of things we do. So uh, this is really good stuff, but it's an ongoing, you have to give this attention on an ongoing basis, which brings us to the staying connected all year round kind of stuff. I mean, Bethany, your social media presence is year round because you know that whether you're new to this or potentially returning Camp should be on your mind all the time. We, uh, I mean, that's the way Kelly and I operate. We, we, t- we have lots of touch points with our people. Um, so any thoughts on this? You know, in addition to what you've already said about your social media outreach, are there anything other things camps should be thinking about for staying in touch with existing international staff or, you know, sending the message out there that, hey, we're open for business. We'd love for you to come from abroad
3: hundred percent. So I think the first thing you could do is if you have, if you send anything out after the summer, be it like a cabin photo or be it a staff picture or whatever you do to commemorate the summer that just was, put it in your budget to make sure you can send that to all staff members. Don't be like, oh, they're overseas. Oh, we'll not send it to them because like, that's not fair. <laughs> that's not fair. They spent an amazing summer with you. They gave it their all. Um, and it's a really great way of when I'm across the water or wherever I am in the world, to be like, hey, you got some mail today from the US. Hey, you got some mail today from Canada. And you're like, who's doing that? And you open it up and you're like, oh, oh my goodness, it's a staff photo. Oh my God, I'm going to put that on my wall. And it gets them reminded and it makes them feel special. It makes them feel part of the community. And that's really, that's the aim of what you've been doing all summer long is making these international staff members feel a part of the community. Um, So I would say definitely budget for that. It will make them feel super, super special. Another thing I would say is like, I know it, social media is... A great way to stay connected all year round whether you put on social media during the winter like oh let's see your pictures of you in your camp shirt and then you see them around the world it's a great way for people who are international staff members but also campers you may have some international campers in your community that can feel connected because they can't go on that play date or they can't go to that staff meetup that everybody's doing. Um, And it's a great way to stay connected. Another thing is if you as a camp are doing the jobs fair route, you're going through the summer camp agency and you're doing the jobs fair, perhaps you organize like an alumni meetup whilst you're on your jobs fair like route and you're out there and it doesn't have to be from the past summer. It could be from summer's, all the way by. And it's like, oh my goodness, I haven't seen you in five years. What are you up to now? Oh my goodness. And they, and it's amazing. Some people might tell you stories of, oh, I was going to go into nursing, but I did a summer at camp and I really loved art. And now I do murals on side of walls and that's my job. And because of camp, I found that connection. Um, and it's a really great way to stay connected with another community um it's a great way to get it out there. And I mean, you do it in, in the city, you do it with your campers, like you may do like fun days, or you do little things to keep families like, hi, we're here. Um, so why not, again, shift the focus over to that international staff community. And if you're out there, why not? It'll be an amazing, an amazing experience to see where people are. these days. to do a big group picture. um, And it's just a lot of fun that you can do and stay connected all year round. And then maybe they'll say, oh, they remember me. Oh, they make me feel special. I might come back. I, you know, I'm, I might do. And like, there's nothing holding me back. I'm a staff member. Like I know for myself, I tried a real job. After doing one summer at Walden um, and absolutely hated it. And I watched, <laughs> I watched they sent a DVD of a video show compilation. And it just stuck with me in my head for about a month. And I was like, wow, it's still there. It's still there. And I emailed in April and was like, Do you have any jobs still left? And they're like, Yeah, of course. So I quit my job and flew out three weeks later and yeah, I'm still here. So like, if you'd never sent me that DVD, maybe I might not be here today talking about summer camp, living in Canada. Like you never know. It's those little things that make people feel special and make them still feel connected to the community. Um, So, yeah. Those are, those are the best
2: calls and emails, aren't they, Howie? Like, oh, do you still have a spot for me? Well, wow. of course we do. Oh That's awesome. Gosh. And way to go, Walden, sending that slideshow. I mean, there you go. That's fabulous. <laughs> um, Bethany, our final feature that we have today, which is kind of exciting and new, is I was at the Northland ACA conference this week and I had a listener come up to me. And so we're going to pretend like we have a listener caller calling into our podcast. And I had told them the topic and they said, oh my gosh, can you ask her about visas? Because they are struggling or wondering what kind of visas they can utilize to get staff. And they are a camp in the States. So
3: if you can speak to that, we will just make our listeners oh so happy, honey. Of course. So if you are in the States, the visa that your um, camp counselors should get is a J-1 visa. And the J-1 visa was actually created for a cultural exchange. So summer camps, camp counselors, really, it falls under that category. Um, so J-1 visa for the States is the visa that your people should get. Um, it is, it does mean that they can only work for your camp. You have to, you're basically the campus sponsoring them as, yes, we've hired them. This is the job that they're doing. Um, and it's for international staff members who are coming over to work for your camp. And the visa after the end date, they have 30 days to travel the states on, t- on, added on the end of their visa. And I Um, think what they were wondering,
2: too, was like, are there any other options? Like, are there any other types of visas besides the J-1 that would work to bring international staff over? Or is that really just it?
3: That one is really just it. If they're just bringing them in for the summer, if they're already there on a student visa, then that's okay too. You may have to look into that. But definitely, if you're bringing them over, it's just the J-1 in the States. Whereas for Canada, dependent on your country is dependent on which visa. So it's a little bit more tricky in Canada. Um, For some countries, there is something called the IEC visa, which is a two year work and travel visa. Um, And that's where people from Ireland, from France, from Australia, from New Zealand will more than likely have this visa from. There are also, if you camp, in Canada is classed as religious or charitable. So if you do have a Christian background or a Jewish background, or if you're a nonprofit, then you can, your camp will write up a letter to say, hi, this is our camp. This is what we do to make sure we hit those criteria. And again, that camp agency will help you with that letter. Um, and your um, staff We'll show that at immigration, and they'll come in for free, and it will make and they don't need a visa to come and work for your camp, which is great. So you can bring in as many staff over, and it it's a great way. But a lot that's only for certain countries that that visa exemption works. It works for people in the UK. That's why I know about it. I've done that a few times whenever I've come in and flown back. Um, so they are the options for. Pieces. Okay, great, thank you. You're All
2: welcome. right, before we move, before we move on to our inspiration uh, part of our podcast, we have to thank our second sponsor, um, which is Camp Brain. They have been doing Camp Brain since 1994. They have 45 plus dedicated staff to meet your every need. Um, and you know, something that they do really well is those interactions with parents because they matter and they have a great parent experience. It's so easy for them to register multiple children. I think that's one of the best pieces is you can register three kids, two kids, four kids, all at the same time versus a lot of softwares, you have to do it one at a time. So it's so convenient from the parent side, also filling up paperwork and forms. I just got to see the Camp Brain staff at the Wake Conference in Palm Springs. They flew all away from Canada to Palm Springs, crisscross the country just for their people, for their camp people to have a presence and show them how important they are. And I think that speaks a lot about who they are as a company. So if you are looking at switching software or just getting into software for your camp, give a call to Camp Brain, or check them out online at campbrain.com. So now we are to our inspiration piece. As we wrap up, Bethany, we like to share something at the end of each show, whether it's a book, article, podcast, documentary, leadership quote, anything that's really inspiring us to be better camp professionals. And so we can, maybe we'll start with you, Howie, because I have yours at the top of my list if you're ready to share.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So um, just recently, I felt like all my worlds were coming together in many ways because uh, Brene Brown, you know, reemerged on the podcast scene after a break, and she had herself, Adam Grant, and Simon Sinek in one two-part like crazy discussion about organizational culture and the state of leaders today, and the influence and impact of. The pandemic and emerging out of it. And it was just a wonderful listen. And um, I thought the time of year that I was listening to to this was such a primer for me because we just finished a a major wave of early registration. And now we're focused on reconnecting with our leadership team and building our team for 2023. So I'm always eager to find some new and, and and uh, enhanced inspiration, and I got it. So if you have a chance, after you listen to this podcast, is the only way you heard about this, you can go to somebody else's podcast and check out the new Dare to Lead podcast. So that's my inspiration for this day.
2: I like it. All right, mine is a book called Permission to Feel. Um, When I was at the weight conference, another camp professional said that this changed um, some of the things that they do at staff training. So it's Permission to Feel by Mark Brackett. I'm really, really excited to read it. And Brene Brown is the quote on the top. So how can it not be amazing? So that's my book. Bethany,
3: what is inspiring you right now? So currently what's inspiring me, it might sound corny, but it's like my followers, they're they are in that excited phase of they're just applying to go to summer camp now. And they're like, oh my goodness, like it's dark there wherever they are, or its the, they're just going in the summer if they're in the Southern Hemisphere. But- they're like really excited about camp and my messages are just filling up of, oh my goodness, I'm applying for camp. What should I do? And all these questions. And it just really inspires me to answer their questions, to connect with them and just create that buzz. And like, I feel like here in North America, we're like coming down from the summer buzz, but everywhere else in the international community, they're like the buzz has started and they're ready to apply. And they're my inspiration currently.
0: Well, that's great. And I, I, I know the effort that you're putting out to get all that content out there. And it's it must be a great feeling to know that it's landing and people are encouraging you because I know you have a lot to offer. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I I know that I've been wanting uh, Bethany to talk on this topic for some time now. And I, I just felt that the moment was right in the calendar to have this discussion, hoping it would be helpful to our listeners. I know for me, um it's just a great topic to discuss so Bethany on behalf of uh Kelly and myself just can't thank you enough for taking the time to chat with us about it um I know that um, as we look to future episodes we're just trying to get more detail oriented episodes that are really going to help private camp owners and if there was something that someone can take away from it then you know that's what we're here to do so Bethany thank you so much for being with us
3: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Amazing. So as it is the case with every show, if you are interested in getting a hold of Kelly or myself or our guest, um, we're going to share some contact information um, with you now. Bethany, as our guest, you can go first. If someone wants to reach out to you, what's the best way to get a hold of Bethany Wright?
3: Best way to get a hold of me is either via my website, six dot com, and you can contact me there or via my Instagram or any of my social medias. My handle is Britt in the Six.
0: Wonderful, Kelly.
2: Ah, uh, it is Kelly with a Y at HiddenPinesRanch or my Instagram is KJShuna three. What about you, Howie?
0: Well, you can get a hold of me at Howie at CampRobinhood.ca or on Instagram at at Howie Grossinger um kelly so great to do this again and connect and talk to some really great people i would just want to let everyone know that you know don't don't forget to check out the show notes for this show and other uh shows uh, not only on the camp owners podcast but on the go camp pro network but for us go to go camp.pro owners you can find the resources we talked about And lots of good stuff there from our show. And as I said, from other Go Camp Pro podcasts out there, we really hope you enjoyed this. I want to thank you all for listening until next time. Thanks for joining us on the Camp Owners Podcast.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Camp Owners Podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget, you can find our show notes at gocamp.pro/ownerspod. The Camp Owners Podcast is part of the GoCamp Pro Podcast Network. Find a podcast for camp pros of every age and stage at gocamp.pro/podcast. Thanks for listening, friends. Hey, camp pros. We love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, if you've gotten even one good idea from a GoCamp Pro podcast, a masterclass, from the Summer Camp Pros group on Facebook, at a conference, or wherever else, we ask that you give credit where credit is due. That way, we can encourage camp pros to keep freely sharing their brilliant ideas and make the camp industry better. Thanks very much.